G'day and welcome to On The Road. My name's Scott Gibbons and On The Road is your show. It's a show where we, we travel, we go all around this great nation of ours, we talk about caravans, we talk about motorhomes, we talk about tents, places we can go, places we can see, places we can enjoy and it's just a fun show. So if you're ready to go on the road, I'm ready to go on the road, let's go on the road together, here we go. Oh, it's so good to be on the road. It is so good to be on the road. Now, Dubbo, hey, that was our first stop, Dubbo. And when you come to Dubbo, I tell you, if you haven't been to the jail, which is the old Dubbo jail, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. It is just, oh, what's the word? It's authentic. It's real. You get to feel what the prisoners went through because they've, they've got the cells there. And they've got some dummies, if you will, dressed as the original prisoners. They've got some uh, some real life interaction going on. The the people that are there are so knowledgeable. But if you want to give your kids a bit of a to let them know what it was like in the old days to be in prison, oh by golly, not a good thing. Not good. You wouldn't want to do it. You wouldn't want to wish it. Oh, nasty. So it, it's a beautiful thing because you, you get to discover another world and, and you just you step back in time because it's the old Dubbo jail. It was a real jail. So now it's a state heritage listed site and it, it's all intact and restored and it creates a, a pocket in time, if you like. It just unearths the powerful, dark moments in Australian prison history. So you'll listen to tales, you'll hear the tale of a condemned man and you'll learn about solitary confinement. Oh, solitary confinement, not good. They had what they call a dark cell. So no light, nothing. And you're in there in solitary, dark, like black, 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 black for 21 days. Oh, no way. So uh, it, during school holidays, the jail just springs to life because they'll bring out some characters and insights and they'll tell you about some escapes. And it's just a terrific thing. So you can do a self-guided tour every day from about 9am to 4pm, uh, except Christmas Day. And you just go onto their website for details, which is Old Dubbo Jail, G-A-O-L, by the way, Old Dubbo Jail, G-A-O-L. Dot com dot au, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's fabulous. Now, when you're talking about fabulous, when you're in Dubbo, and there is so much to see in Dubbo, there's so much, but you've got to go to the Royal Flying Doctor Visitor Experience. You've got to do that, and they're open, and it, it just enables you to see what a wonderful, wonderful thing is the Royal Flying Doctor, because as a visitor, you get to really have, if you will, a basic hands-on experience with the Flying Doctor because their exhibition, it's just full of exciting and interactive displays. It'll give you, as a visitor, it gives you a really deep understanding of how they work and why the Flying Doctor is just so vitally important and it covers a whole range of topics, including the aviation and the communication and the history and the healthcare and so much more. And, And you learn about the history. You just immerse yourself, if you will, in the history of the Flying Doctor. It was founded... In 1928, by the Reverend John Flynn, who uh, appears on the $20 note. So every time you get a $20 note, you turn that over and there's the Reverend John Flynn. And I tell you, what a man, what a man. Now, the Flying Doctor, he, it continues to, to create a proud heritage today. So you've got emergency medical care. You've got evacuation. Uh, they'll take the, the people that need it to the regular clinics for remote communities. They save lives, I think, every day. 
every day and, and assist more than 292,000 people. You think of that, 292,000 people every year. So that's one person every two minutes they're helping. So you'll get, you'll get so inspired. I'm telling you, you'll get inspired with their resilience and their resourcefulness and their innovation of the pilots and the engineers and the doctors and the nurses. And then they've got a whole bunch of other things that happen. They do dentistry as well. Yeah, dentistry. Oh, oh. So when you've gone through the exhibition, I'm telling you, you, you will love the exhibition, but they've got the Outback Trek Cafe. So you can get a barista-made coffee there and you can drink in the views as well as the coffee and it's all air-conditioned and it's fabulous and, oh, yeah. So if you're ever looking for a good charity, oh, The Flying Doctor, it's a beauty. So they've got um, this this new experience that they've got is so good. So, you know, when you're up there, you know, you go to the jail, you go to the Royal Flying Doctor, you can go to the zoo if you want. There's the Wellington Caves. There's so much to see and do. So yeah, Dubbo's fabulous. You've got to go to Dubbo. If you haven't done it, it's really worthwhile. It's a nice, easy drive. Easy, easy, easy drive. So if we're going to have a song, we might as well have a song, eh? What about the Flying Doctor's Ball? What about we get Slim Dusty to sing the Flying Doctor's Ball to us? Hey, you ready? Okay, here's Slim Dusty, the Flying Doctor's Ball. Here we go. On a station out in Queensland with a stew pot on the stove There's a mother who goes mustering as well as mending clothes She's dressing up her family, there's laughter in the hall They're all going to the flying doctor's ball Their land can be bone dry for years and then be swept in flood But even when the price is hurt, that country's in her blood and music holds a special place as seasons rise and fall So she's going to the flying doctor's ball Dance the night away, all her troubles kept at bay As her husband lights her right around the hall It's a moonlit night out west tonight And they'll welcome one and all To go dancing at the flying doctor's ball the station hands are shouting, drinks and stirring up the bar Talking about a good old free-for-all But it's a moonlit night out west tonight And they'll welcome one and all To go dancing at the Flying Doctor's Ball There's a kind of hospitality they have out in the bush It's an easy-going helping hand, it never seems to push And they'll set an extra place for you, hey, it's no fuss at all And even take you to the flying doctor's ball You can dance the night away, all your troubles kept at bay As the music glides you right around the hall it's a moonlit night out west tonight And they'll welcome one and all To go dancing at the Flying Doctor's Ball Yes, to go dancing at the Flying Doctor's Ball 
Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. Oh, it's so good. I'm telling you, I'm loving it. Now, Narromine. If you haven't been to Narromine, now it's only 44K outside of Dubbo. And when you get to Narromine, you've got to go. I'm telling you, you've got to go to the Narromine Aviation Museum. If you're into aeroplanes, if you're into history, if you're into war, if you're into stars, if you're into gliding, whatever it be, the Narromine Aviation Museum is just fabulous. You might be surprised to learn that flying at Narromine started as early as 1919. It's Australia's oldest regional aero club. It's still active uh, and it's it's happening. It, you've got to go there. And they've got so much. They've got the golden era of the 20s and the 30s and uh, it, it's all there. You've got the Second World War. They'll tell you all about that. They'll tell you all about what happened. The aerodrome was upgraded to host uh, firstly, a large RAAF flying school, and then in 1945, a unique uh, Royal Air Force Mosquito Bomber Squadron. So the post-war years saw Qantas. They, they conducted pilot training and check flights, and the aerodrome was designed for bad weather alternative to Sydney's mascot for international flights. Bet you didn't know that. <laughs> well, I didn't anyway. And then you've got the displays are fabulous. So you've got artefacts and documents and photographs that tells the whole history of the story of aviation as it unfolded on one of Australia's most historic aerodromes. Oh, it's good. Then they've got three aircraft that are that are unique in the world. So you can see a flyable, a flyable replica of the 1907 Wright Flyer, the Model A. That's there. It is there. You can walk up to it. You, I don't suggest you touch it, but it's touch It's Oh, it's there. There's a Corbin Super Ace home-built plane. Uh, from 1938, but you can still buy those plans today and build your plane. There's an original Hawkridge Venture Glider from 1953. That's there. And then they've got a Sabre Jet Fighter, which you can view. That's from 1955. You can view that by arrangement. But you've got a pre-war era. You've got all of that. You've got World War II. Uh, You've got all of that. You've got the post-war era. There's everything. Whatever you want, it's there. Uh, Like, if you are a history buff, if you love flying, if you love planes, if you want to know what Australia did during the war, if you want to know all that involvement, oh, you've got to go. So the Narromine Aviation Museum, you can look them up, Narromine AviationMuseum.org.au. Oh, go there. Go there, go there, go there. It is fabulous. So in the meantime, hey, Here's some more coming up for you, and it's so good. If you want to find out more, if you want to go into a podcast, just go into ontheroadmedia.com.au. That's ontheroadmedia.com.au. Or you can go onto our website or onto our Facebook, like our Facebook page, On The Road Media Australia. On The Road Media Australia. Hey, I'm Scott Gibbons. Here's some more for you. I love to have a beer with Duncan I love to have a beer with Duncan We drink in moderation And we never, ever, ever get rolling drunk We drink at the town and country Where the atmosphere is great I love to have a beer with Duncan Cos Duncan's me mate, yeah I love to have a beer with Colin I love to have a beer with Colin We drink in moderation And it doesn't really matter if he brings his doll We drink at the town and country Where the atmosphere is great I love to have a beer with Colin 
Scott Gibbons, and we are on the road. I'll tell you where we are today. We're in Ningen. Ningen in New South Wales, and by golly, is that a different place? It's sensational. Now, talking about sensational, I'm with the lovely Rebecca right now. And Rebecca, she's the, I would say, the manager of this fabulous caravan park. What do you call this caravan park, Rebecca? Ningen Riverside Tourist Park. Now, it's called the Riverside Tourist Park because it's on the... The Bogan River. The Bogan River. Now, when you drive into Ningen, one of the best things is there is a statue or a, a big carving the called... The Big Bogan. The Big Bogan. So if you've not seen the Big Bogan, if you don't have a photograph of the Big Bogan, oh, your life is missing out. So this is the thing to do. You've got to come to Ningen, and when you come to Ningen, then you've got to come and see Rebecca. And Rebecca's... A... Now, Rebecca, you don't have a local accent, do you? No, I don't. No. So where are you from? I'm from England. England. And what are you doing here? Are you stuck with the COVID crisis or what? No, I met my lovely partner here five years ago and I'm still here. Whoa. So are you a Ningen local? No, not Ningen. I live in Hermadale. Where's Hermadale? Yeah, it's about an hour away from here. So, yeah. so you're an hour away. That's fabulous. That's towards what direction? So, so from Ningen we're going which way? Heading towards Cobar and then you turn off and it's up towards Nimiji. Nimiji. Mm. Fabulous. Now, when the people come to Ningen, what should they see? Well, there's, of course, as you said, the big bogan. Absolutely have a picture there. There is also the, there's a few, there's a shearing shed museum. Ah. Um, yep. And there's the information centre. There's also just up the road, 12Ks up from here, there's the, um, what you call it? The solar farm, which has got a lovely big viewing platform. So a lot of people go and look at that. Yeah, and then there's some lovely cafes, shops. Yes, And, yes. of course, the lovely walk around the river. So tell me about the Shearing Museum, because that sounds pretty good. Well, I've actually not been there, but <laughs> I've, heard, I've, I've, heard, I've heard great things, so I'm sure it's a must. Maybe you'll listen to the show, and then when you listen to the show, you say, oh, that sounds good, I better go there. I should probably go there, yeah, I know. <laughs> I wouldn't make a good tourist information lady. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're working on it, we're working on it. 
<laughs> so you met your partner here? Yeah. And he's on a farm? He's on a farm, Whoa. yes. And so you're here. So tell me about, because this is a huge caravan park. Yeah, it is big, yeah. And we get lots of people stay here. They, yeah, on the river, beautiful cabins. What more could you want? And the thing I found, which was really the enticing thing, is you have so many drive-through sites. Yes. So you don't have to unhitch if you don't want to. No, no. And then we, um, what a lot, a lot of people love as well is that they don't, um, we don't take bookings for sites. So people literally turn up and then they choose wherever they want to go. So there's no like designated spots where people have to go. So people have got that freedom. Fabulous. Alrighty. Well, I can see customers are coming in. So we, oh no, it's one of us. It's Jimmy. So it's all right. We can talk. <laughs> so, it's all right. We're recording, Jimmy. So what, what other things would you, you mentioned cafes in town. So how, yes. do, how do we support the locals in town? So there's um, the Mart's Cafe, um, which is my absolute favourite. The coffee is just divine. Um, and there's a few little shops up the main street, which sell everything from candles to pictures to clothes. Um, and yeah, there's a few restaurants, there's the Australian Hotel, the RSL, the Chinese. There you go. Yeah. It's got it all. It's got it you all. You could say it's got yeah. it all. it's got a Foodworks and IGA. <laughs> <laughs> foodworks and an IGA. Well, alrighty. Well, why don't we play a song?
So right now, right now we're in Coolabar. Now, when you're in Ningen, when you're in Ningen, you can do the Cobb Co Heritage Trail. So you, the Bathurst to Burke Cobb Co Heritage Trail, it recalls the history of the days of Cobb Co when the Royal Mail Coach was the main link for settlers with the distant town. So today's traveller, you can explore the roads from Bathurst to Burke and you can discover the relics of the 19th century inns and the changing stations and the homesteads. So all you've got to do is just check with the Boganshire Council in Cobar Street or the Visitor Information Centre as to the condition of the roads because many of the roads are unsealed and, and may, may, depending upon the weather conditions, may require a four-wheel drive. So just take special care of the animals on the roads when travelling and... That's especially when it gets close to dusk because that's when the little kangaroos and things come out. So there's, there's two tours and you have the opportunity to travel over some of the original Cobb & Co roads. Oh, this is so good as an alternative to the highway. So the many rivers and the creeks in the part of the west have resulted in very fertile farmland and importantly, it's fabulous sheep breeding country. So the first tour is from Ningen to Kanonba, uh, Bakangai. Uh, Willie Retreat, Coolabar and the Galarambone Loop. So that's about a 250k loop. So it's a full day uh, and you go along the rivers and the creeks of the Boganshire, including the Gunnanbar Creek, Duck Creek, Mara Creek, the Macquarie Marshes and the Bogan River. So you can take a picnic lunch, find a picturesque spot beside one of the many streams to stop a while and enjoy the history and scenery of the bird life. Now the other, sec- the other tour, number two, is Ningen to Cannonbar. Bogan River Crossing and Girilambone, and that's a shorter loop. It's 130k, and still full of beautiful scenery and historic sites. And again, just take a lunch with you, and and you'll have a little picnic beside Duck Creek or the Bogan River, or maybe a, a little tranquil site. So that's that's fabulous. But one of the things you've got to look at is the history of Coolabar. Now Coolabar, I'm standing in Coolabar right now, and there is nearly nothing here. But it lies on the Mitchell Highway. It's 76k north of Ningen and about 656k northwest of Sydney. So the village grew as a result of the establishment of the railway station in 1884. And the, the railway slowly, it pushed north to Burke and it was an attempt by the New South Wales government to gain economic control over the northern outposts because most of the trade at the time was going down the Darling River to South Australia and to serve the ever-increasing population on the large grazing properties in the area because lots of grazing out here. Now, the first building in Coolabar was appropriately the railway station, which was sadly demolished several years ago. And the Fetless House still stands, and it's now privately owned. And the town was named by Louisa Poplin after a nearby property called Coolabar, which was owned by her husband, Albert Poplin. And the property has been named after the Coolabar trees, which grew in abundance in the area. So shortly after the railway station was completed, a merchant named Charles Werner He became very wealthy and a prominent member of the community and he built the Three Legs a Man Hotel and and at the cemetery. You can go and see his grave if you wish to. He was buried in 1914 and his wife was buried in 1913. But the Cobb & Co coaches... They brought passengers by the railway junction, changed horses at the hotel stables and changed horses uh, all the way along the road. But, but this is just a fabulous... So the post office, that was established in 1885 and the original manual exchange is still a point of interest. And, and hidden in the bush, north of Coolabar, the Doomsday City Bunkers. You might have heard of the Doomsday City Bunkers. They were built by a group who made headlines nationwide expecting the world to end in October 1978. So Coolabar once boasted the world's, or the largest well, 
in Australia, the largest well in Australia. It was a, an extraordinary structure. It was 30.8 metres across and 13.9 metres deep and it was operated as the town's major water supply. And it was hand dug with pick and shovel. Hand dug with pick and shovel. My golly. It was said to have, you could hold 210,000 litres of water. It originally had a domed roof of timber and iron and the well beside it was the three legs of man hotel so there you go it's all there but the the coach stop in the village was an unlikely name of the three legs of man and it stood about two miles from the present day Coolabar on the Cobb and Co route to Burke but it was never surveyed and, and never declared a village so there you go there's a little bit of history for you but in 1968 the, the Coolabar legs of man hotel that was destroyed by fire again ah oh. And that left the, the Coolabar district without a hotel for the first time in 84 years. So a little bit of history, a little bit of Coolabar. So, yeah, 600. Oh, fabulous. So there you go. I reckon we might play. I'm sure there's a song with Coolabar in it. I'm going to try and find that for you. And if we do that, I'll play it for you right now. Here we go. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. With a blue Coolabar and the red. Sunset and the green Mitchell grass I'll stay Right before my eyes I see the Bowen River rise And it washes all my worrying away It's a good night for a campfire tonight With a clear sky and half moon I might Grab a yabby tin, throw a line in And con a codfish to bite with the blue cooler bar in the red sunset and the green Mitchell grass, I'll stay. Right before my eyes, I see the Bowen River rise and it washes all my worrying away. All quiet in Walgett tonight The publican has turned out the light Just a little frog on a river log Looking for a fight With the blue bar in the red sunset And the green Mitchell grass I'll stay Right before my eyes I see the Bowen River rising And washes all my worrying away Southern Cross sunlight Drink a little beer Whisper in your ear I'm yours alright With the blue Cooler bar and the red Sunset and the green Mitchell grass I'll stay Right before my eyes I see the Bowen River rise And it washes all my worrying away With the blue cooler bar and the red 
at sunset in the green Mitchell grass I'll stay Right before my eyes I see the Bowen River rise And it washes all my worrying away Yes, it washes all my worrying away Ah, here we are. We're back on the road and it is Scott Gibbons and we are now genuinely at the back of Burke and I'll tell you how far we are into the back of Burke because I'm with Jenny Greentree and she has a gallery called... The Back of Burke Gallery. <laughs> now tell us what the Back of Burke Gallery is all about, Jenny. Ah, oh, the Back of Burke Gallery. If you want to visit the Back of Burke Gallery, you'll get a look at the Back of Burke in all its different seasons and times and moods and atmospheres. It's, um, it's a beautiful art gallery that... Um, was set up by my husband and I actually after the millennium or during the millennium drought when everybody's work dried up. We opened an art gallery, Scott. That's a bit out there, isn't it? <laughs> now, why did you open the art gallery? Because there's a backstory to that, well, isn't there? Well, there is. A thousand people left town and... Um, and why did they leave town? Because there was no work. Um, when you have a drought, work just dries up. Um, it dries up. Yeah. Oh, oh, well. oh, Jenny. Oh, Jenny. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. It's funny how you do that, isn't it? Anyway, I was a teacher at a little school and um, all the parents had to leave town to get work. My husband was the operations manager at a packing shed that packed all kinds of fruit in Burke. We used to grow grapes, rock melons, oranges, lemons, melons. Um, yeah. All in Burke? Yes, it was wonderful, but the drought, there wasn't enough water to water those plantations. So that closed, so the packing shed closed. So we could have been drought refugees, as the term is, but we chose to stay and um, do something different and build an art gallery. Now, I will say that all the artwork is mine and it had been a, uh, a hobby of mine all my life and we'd been running it as a bit of a cottage industry. So we knew that it was popular and... Um, yeah, we just took the punt and, well, it was pretty calculated punt, really. And we didn't want to leave, though. Like, it's, it's given the town something, something else now. Um, I'm really well known all over Australia, as you know. As I know. Now, <laughs> you, you could say where, where one of your pieces hangs. Where does one of your pieces hang, Jenny? In the Prime Minister's office. Whoa! <laughs> and because I came in and Jenny said to me, do you... What's your name, Scott? I said, Scott. <laughs> and she, I know another Scott, she said. <laughs> and straight to her computer she goes and she pulls up a photograph of the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, standing here in the gallery holding a piece of her art and then showing me another photo where that piece of art is hanging in his office. Yeah, I know. It's, it's quite a an pretty honour. big claim to fame. <laughs> and I'll tell you how good she is because I just said, gee, it must be quiet, Jenny, because it's coronavirus and, and all the tourists are gone. She said, do you know, uh, mm. we had, we're averaging about 32 people a day coming into the gallery. Now, this is, when I say the back of Burke, we are at the back of Burke. In fact, we're in North Burke. Yeah, we're So we're, we're further than the back of Burke. We're west of the Darling River. West of the Darling, <laughs> and the Darling River is so beautiful. But this is called the Backer Burke Gallery. So if you're coming out here, now Backer Burke is spelled B-A-C-K-O apostrophe, B-O-U-R-K-E, Backer Burke. And then when you come here, I'm telling you her art, oh, her art is... Now, you're, you've got all seasons 
and all times because I'm looking at one now that is a dust storm I'm looking at another one that's a clear blue sky with puffy little white clouds but again mm-hmm. trees you, you seem to be just a master or a mistress or whatever it is uh, an artist of trees <laughs> of trees I do love the, the trees and the shapes that you get out here in the outback outback trees are different I think they struggle to grow you know is there rain is there wild windy days whatever but um yeah, out here you don't just draw a little line and put a, a puffy green thing on the top. Our trees are so unique. And we have cooler bars. How's that? Great. Oh. The, the iconic Australian cooler bar, the river red gums by the river. Gidges, they're just so cute. They grow on the red dirt and they grow in all shapes and sizes. The mulga, you know, all Australia's poetry, mulga bill's bicycle. All those trees are out here. And I, I do love nature, hence my artworks. Um, so who's buying your art? You've got all these people coming in, and are they all the grain nomads? Are the, are the caravans? Because you've got plenty of parking for caravans. Yes, we do. Um, well, probably, Matt, perhaps it's half and half. Now it's probably more tourists now that, that buy my artwork, but Burke is a really good supporter of me as well. Um, but, yes, the grey no- not just the grey nomads, the young families that are out here that come visiting. And this year we've seen so many more New South Welshmen. It's been wonderful. They're discovering their own outback. <laughs> they didn't know that they had the kind of landscape we have here. And this is an amazing place to live as a landscape artist. I have Red Plains. I have the Darling River. I have Gundabooka National Park, which is a Central Australian kind of landscape. Mount Oxley, which is like jump-ups like you'd find up at Winton. I tell you, if there's any New South Wales listeners listening that have never come out this way, they need to come and see this you part of their state. You do need to come and see but it is, it is fabulous. And in fact, we're staying here for three days because there is so much to see. Yes. So much. In fact, you could spend three days just going through this gallery. <laughs> if you look at each piece of art, by golly, it's stunning. So give people your, your phone number, give people your email, how do they mm. find you, or your website so they can yes. look at your, your art. Because you did do one of the big festivals. Was the Easter Festival? Oh, yes. And yes. that got cancelled except yes. for? Uh, oh, yes, except for our exhibition opening. Yeah. So I always have a new exhibition ready at Easter, Scott, for our Burke Easter Festival. And that's when I launch my new work for the year. However, uh, with COVID this year, everything was closing and stopping and uh, the festival was cancelled and finally everybody was just told to stay at home. So the artworks were ready and my husband and I thought, well, what does this year hold for us? So we decided to put the um, exhibition online. Now, we're not sweet young things. Like, you know, you know how you love having your kids when you've got technology around? But uh, using his iPhone, we managed to put a whole, our whole exhibition online. It's 40 minutes worth and it's very entertaining. I actually had a couple in here a while ago who came to the gallery because they said, we saw your exhibition online. But they weren't even my normal Facebook followers or my subscription people. They'd Googled what to do in Burke and come across it. Anyway, all that to say that... um, It was a massive success. It was. was And if people want to see that now, they still can, can't they? They still can. They just go onto your website. So my website is... Well, of course, www.backerburkgallery, that's as Scott explained, B-A-C-K-O-B-O-U-R-K-E, gallery, all one word, dot com. And, yeah, you can have a little 
look through all my kinds of artworks, but press that little blue button and enter the exhibition and that will give you a good look at us. All right. Now, if you're going to do that, then we might as well get you a song. Now, what song would you like to hear? Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, look, I'm representing Burke with the visual arts, but one of the best Australian entertainers that's representing Burke with music would have to be Colin Buchanan. He lived out here for a couple of years, you know. Yeah. And he has a great song called Galahs in the Gigi, which <laughs> I really relate to. Uh, and now that you all know that Gigi is a tree. But he's also got a great song called The North Burke Bridge and talking about when you cross it, that the outback calls you back. It's a good description of Burke as well. So there's a bit right. of choice for you, Simon. Well, uh, yeah. Galahs in the Gigi, we're going to do that right now. So here's Colby Buchanan, Galahs in the Gigi. And when you come out this way, you come and say good day to Jenny Green Tree, and it's backaburke.com. Dot com back of Burke. So it's B-A-C-K-O-B-O-U-R-K-E Gallery G-A-L-L-E-R-Y dot com and you just go straight on there and you're just gonna be blowing your mind. And then you'll head straight out here to the back of Burke Gallery and you'll have so much fun. Here's your song, Jenny. Thank you, Scott. About stockmen and jackaroos Cockies and squatters Swaggies with nothing to lose Ridden and driven and trod these tracks Callous their hands and bent their backs There's some ripper yarns to spin If you can spare a minute of your time If you stick around Galahs and the Gigi Emus on the plains Bruising the table drains In a rugged land Galahs and the Gigi They watch this country grow And I reckon they tell some stories If they Timers still around. There's another generation walking this dusty ground. But there's still surprises out the back of Burke, and it still takes sweat and it takes hard work. And there's still some ripper yarns if you can spare a minute of your time. 
Scott Gibbons, I am on the road, but I'm not on the road. Where I am is I'm on the water. Now, they say to me, you can't go cruising. Cruising's closed, you can't go cruising, but they're wrong, because I've just been cruising. And where have I been cruising? I've been cruising in Australia down the Darling River, and I'm with the captain of the paddle ship Jandra. Now, if you haven't been on the Jandra, then you've missed out, because this is just the most fabulous little cruise. It goes for an hour. So you go, where do we go? I'm with Captain Allen. Here's Captain Allen now. He's going to tell us all about where we go and what you can expect to see because he told us all about the various bird life and whatnot. So you tell us all about it, Captain Allen. Oh, we go for an hour cruise down there. It's, uh, we start a few miles out of uh, Burke and then go down through the uh, bridges, under the bridges, the old bridge and uh, the new bridge and then talk about, a bit about the river and uh, come back, have a cup of coffee on the boat and... Uh, yeah, nice uh, morning or afternoon. What's the bird life that they can see? Because you gave us a whole string of bird life and things that people can see when they're... Maybe, maybe if they're lucky enough to see them all. Yeah. I know I saw some kangaroos. Yeah, there's always kangaroos out here. A few emus sometimes. We've got uh, a lot of pelicans around at the moment and also the big uh, whistling kites out on the uh, limbs there. The big nests up in the trees. So they're always flying around, the whistling kites, doing a bit of fishing. Uh-huh. And you, you were saying that the kites, they use those same nests each yeah. year, is that right? Yeah, yeah, they add to them. So the nests get fairly large because they, uh, they add to them. Sometimes they get blown out of the trees, they've got to start all over again. But uh, yeah, no, they come back year after year and nest in the same spot. All right, now tell us about this fabulous, fabulous ship, boat, whatever it be. Well, you, you describe what it is. Uh, it's a little paddle boat. So, this one's only a new one, it's only 20 years old now. It's launched just upstream from uh, where we are now. And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's about 77 feet long and uh, it's a diesel boat, it's, uh, easy to maintain. It's uh, you know, nice, comfortable. We're only taking a few people at the moment because we got restrictions, of course, uh, loading. But With we, the COVID? Yeah, with the yeah. COVID. But you're still sailing and it's yeah, still going good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're re- restricted with numbers because of the yeah, COVID thing, but uh, we're just taking enough, giving plenty of space on board so yeah. they, can, uh, they can keep away from each other. Yeah. So tell us about the original Jandra. Do you know much about that? Uh, the original Jandra was a cargo boat. It was uh, owned by uh, business people in uh, Burke. And it was originally built in uh, Manham in South Australia in 1894. And uh, it used to run up and down the river and uh, pick up the wall clip and go out uh, further up the river from here. Probably even went up as far as the Queensland border when the uh, river was high. Wow. Yeah. And they used to go up there quite regularly in the early days and supply the stations all the way to the river and bring the wall boat back. And, and then what happened to that one? Well, it was uh, stripped down as a barge in the early 1900s and towed behind a paddle steamer, the Nile, and then 
they both got old and run out of work, so they put up on the riverbank and oh. eventually disappeared. And so the New Jandra, how did that eventuate? Uh, New Jandra is built by uh, the Mansell family here in his uh, packing shed not far from here. Uh, he's a, he was a uh, orchardist here at the time and uh, he uh, launched it just upstream from here, so he built in his shed. Seriously, that's a good size shed if this is a 77 foot long boat. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's that about, uh, 26 metres or thereabouts? Something like that. Yeah. So from from there, they launched the boat and then it began doing tours. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you moor the boat outside the, the Kidman camp, is that right? Yeah, yeah, the Kidman camp. They come drive through the camp there. They're lovely people up there if you're ever in town. It's a wonderful caravan park. We're staying there now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, uh, you drive through the camp and they let everyone drive through and it's about half a... Half a kilometre from the camp, right on, right on the river where the boat is, yeah. And from, from this boat, you said it was built by the, the Mansell family, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and now it's owned by? The uh, Berkshire Council. So how did that eventuate? Well, the, the Mansell family, they had a big orchard here and they run out of water. When the river dries up, all the water's turned off and they lost their orchard and oh. they, they left town. Oh, dear. And so the council took over the vessel, yeah, bought the vessel? Yeah, 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 they purchased it off them and they uh, continued the operations here with the tourists that come into town. Good on them. Well, I've got to tell you, if you're coming to Burke, you come across, the, you come across to the North Burke side and then you come to the Kidman camp and you can buy tickets here at the caravan park. You can buy, in fact, for the Jandra, you can buy tickets. I don't think I've been anywhere that you can't buy a ticket for it. So if you go to the cultural centre, there's tickets there. They're all over the place. But it's really worthwhile. It's a fabulous thing. Very, very scenic. A lot of fun. Captain Allen, thanks for your time. Thank you. You're terrific. I've been around the world a couple of times and maybe more. Seen the sights, I've had delights on every foreign shore But when my mates all ask me the place that I had all I tell them right away What do we tell them? Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep, a two, a kangaroo A clothesline out the back Veranda out the front And an old rocking chair you can see me in the kitchen cooking up a roast Or Vegemite on toast Just you and me a cup of tea Later on we'll settle down and go out on the porch And watch the possums play Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep, a tuic, a kangaroo A clothesline out the back Veranda out the front and an old rocking chair There's a Safeways up the corner And a Woolies down the street And a brand new place they've opened up But they regulate the heat But I trade them all tomorrow For a little bush retreat With a Corkabarra's call Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees a sheep, a tuic, a kangaroo, a clothesline out the back, veranda out the front, and an old rocking chair. Up we go. Some people like their houses with fences all around. Others live in mansions and some beneath the ground. But me, I like the...
the bush, you know, with rabbits running round And a pumpkin pouring out the back This is your turn Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees A sheep or two, a kangaroo A clothes gone out the back Veranda out the front And an old rocking chair <laughs> Give me a home among the gum trees With lots of plum trees a sheep, a two, a kangaroo, a clothesline out the back, veranda out the front, and an old rocket yeah! G'day, it's Scott Gibbons, and we are on the road, and I'll tell you where we are now. We're in Brewarrina. Now, Brewarrina, we've just driven in, and I've come into the Tourist Information Centre, and you know... Whenever you come into a great town, if you go into the Tourist Information Centre there, the knowledge is going to be there. And I'm with the most knowledgeable person now. Her name is Uraine. Now, you might have not heard of the word Uraine. I'm going to tell you, it's U-R-A-I-N. But Uraine, there's a story about your name, isn't there? Yes. Um, the story of my first name is actually, it comes from the cartoon Astro Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Astro so. Boy's sister's name was Uraine. <laughs> but it was a different spelling. Yes, um, the spelling of it is U-R-A-Y-N-E, yeah. but someone had written it wrong on my birth certificate. <laughs> now, tell us about Brewarrina, because we've driven in and I just walked into the Tourist Information Centre and I said, by golly, this is a pretty place. So tell us about because you're a local. I am. And, and you're, you're with which tribe? Burrumbinya, which is the massacre tribe here at Hospital Creek. Um, my last name is Warrawina, and we were named after the Warrawina Station on the way to Burke. Wow. Yes, so Warrawina is actually an Aboriginal name, which the station owners got off the tribe, which would have been Burrumbinia tribe. And when it came time to name my great-great-great-grandfather, he was the first Warrawina. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> All right, now tell us about Brewarrina. Well, Brewarrina is probably the most significant site in New South Wales, in my opinion, because we have the Aboriginal fish traps, which are 40,000 years old, which makes that the oldest man-made structure in the world. That, that, that's the thing. It's the oldest man-made structure in the world. So the people who's, who go to Egypt and they say, let's go and see the pyramids, they're, they're just young baby things, aren't they? Very baby. They're only about 3,500 years old. And this is what, 40,000? 40, 40,000 years old. Whoa. Um, so in, in all the world, yes. people travel the world to go and see history. Yeah. And we're just in Brewarrina. Now, now, where is Brewarrina? Brewarrina is in the outback, um, western New South Wales, um, in between Burke and Walgett. Um, so a tiny little place. We also um, have a lot of history due to paddle steaming. Um, this was the last port for all the paddle steamers out of Adelaide and Melbourne. Seriously? Yes. And is there any paddle steamers here now? One is sunk on the other side of the weir, which sunk in 1914, which is called the Wandering Dew. And last year, because of the drought, the water was so low that we actually got to see it. <laughs> so that's fabulous. Very that fabulous. fabulous. All right, so Brewarra, what, if when people come here, what, what are the things to see? We've got to see the fish traps. Obviously, the fish traps are your main thing. Um, and because we're the start of the Darling River run, most people will come out just for the river itself. Okay, so, so the Darling River, what's, what's the, the thing with the Darling River? What is it? Well, um, it's actually the Darling River Run, so people will come out here and follow the Darling all the way down to the Murray. Oh, seriously? Yes. And you start here? We start here, 
Wow. And you'll head to Burke and head down the river. So you're heading from here to Burke and going down river. Down the river. So wow. you'll go off dirt track and follow that river all the way down till you get to the Murray. And have you done it? No. All right. I well, have not. So do they need a four-wheel drive or they can do it with a caravan yeah. or what do they need? Well, most caravan out here with their four-wheel, like it's a four-wheel drive caravan. Um, so most of it is on dirt track. So it would be advised to have a four-wheel drive. <laughs> um, just for safety reasons. Yeah. <laughs> now, Brewarrina, tell us a bit more about it. Who are the people that live here? What size is the population? Um, well, we're on Nambar land. So this is the Nambar tribe here. Um, then you have Whalwin, which is very close to Brewarrina, and Brewarrina actually is a Whalwin word. Right. Which is the acacia tree. Well, I'm telling you, you just know so much. I You're try, fabulous. I try. I should take you on the road with me and get you <laughs> tell me every town that we go to. So, okay, we're going to see the fish traps, the oldest man-made structure in the world. Yes. And that's right here in Brewarrina, and we're in between Walgett and Burke. Yep. So what else will we do when we come into Warren? What else is there to do? Well, fishing, for one. Oh, really? Yeah, everyone loves fishing out here. And a lot of the locals still use the rocks to their advantage and fish by hand. So what are we going to catch? Yellow belly, mostly. Yellow belly. You do get the cod out here, but because it's a deep water fish, you're going to need a boat and a good line. Right. Because he is a big fish. Yeah. But mostly yellow belly. Um, a lot of other species have died out here. We did have catfish. Because of um, carp, they have died out. Oh, really? And the black brim as well, which is quite hard to And have they got rid of the... That was a European carp or it's something, It's still here. It's still here? Yeah. All right. So we do have... Um, in June, we have the Bree Big Fish. Yeah? What's that? Um, so every year, we have the Bree Big Fish, and where whoever can catch the biggest carp or yellow belly. Yeah. Um, and also the... The cod as well, obviously. But if you do get the carp, it helps get them out because then if you catch one... Sure. ..you get rid of it, you don't throw it back in. Good you. Good you. So they're not a throwback fish? Definitely not. <laughs> it's actually illegal to do that one. All right. And, and what do you do with the carp? You just throw, they're not an eating fish, are they? Um, I've heard some people do like carp, but I've never eaten it and I just throw them on the bank and leave them there. <laughs> Alrighty, so we come into town and there's plenty of, uh, there's a couple of caravan parks? We have one caravan park, right. but most people will do free camping out here. So we've got the Four Mile, which is right on the river. It's beautiful, quiet, and you can park anywhere along that river, right. set up, make a fire, enjoy it. Fabulous. But if you need electricity, if you need power... Just go to the caravan park, the caravan or Beds park. on the Bow and do have powered site as well. What's Beds on the Bar? It's that? a lovely um, caravan site, but they have cabins as well. Yeah. Thank you. Very luxurious, <laughs> lovely spot. My word, as, as your own opens up the brochure to show me, it's got right camping ground, stay, relax, unwind in the tranquility. Oh, that's fabulous. fabulous. That is fabulous. Well, it's a pretty town. I'm going to go and explore some more. I'm going to go down and see the, the fish rocks. Yes. Uh, because I think that just sounds amazing yes. to see the wanted, oldest man-made thing in the world. They are called Bayamis Nunu. Bayamis Nunu. Nunu, yeah. Nunu, Bayamis Nunu. Yes. Fabulous. So Bayami is the creator yeah. and Nunu is the fish traps. Hearing you. You are so good. Now, I reckon you deserve a song. What song would you like? I do. Got to be Aussie. I do love John Butler, even John though Butler. he's not originally Australian. <laughs> he's, a, he's a quasi Aussie. But <laughs> uh, he is a great activist and I love his sound. <laughs> 
So what song would you like from John uh, Zebra would be great. Zebra. You got it. All right. You're fabulous. Uraine, you are just the most amazing person Thank I've interviewed. You. I love your smile. Your eyes are terrific. <laughs> and when you come to Brewarrina, you've got to come in to the Tourist Information Centre here and say good day to Uraine because she is just fabulous. All right. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. Here comes the song for Uraine. And this is John Butler with Zebra. And we'll be back with you in a little while, but you enjoy that. Gentlemen. 